dusk around me till my strength was almost gone. Long my soul for something better, only still to hunger on. Let's all stand, if you would, and let's have all the men that will come, and let's just gather around the altar, and let's take this service to the Lord. Aren't you glad that one day, by the love of God, by the grace of God, you found what was missing in your life? In the Lord Jesus Christ, you found that He could meet every need in your life. Aren't you glad for that this morning? What a blessing. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we well remember those years when our hearts were so empty, our souls were dry, and we searched for peace and joy and happiness and this and that, and what we were told would make us happy left us that much more empty. But I thank you, Lord, for that Sunday morning back in 1972. Lord, when I met the Lord Jesus Christ and those needs were met in my heart and life, to that we give you praise, we give you honor, we give you glory. And there may be someone in this building today that needs to find the real joy that we're talking about. 
And I pray today that you will use the service to bring them to the Lord Jesus. On this special day as we recognize our fathers, give us a word today. Speak to us today as fathers, as dads. I pray today that through your word that you'll deal with all of our hearts and we'll leave today having met God in a fresh way. Lord, we need you, and I pray that you'll bless the service today with your power. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. It's a little chorus. Thank you, Lord, all together. For your kindness and your turn around and shake hands in fellowship, be friendly, welcome our visitors.
sing that little chorus again all together now. For your kindness and your favor, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord, for your mercy, Page number come forward to receive her offering and as they do so let me say it's a joy to have all of those that are visiting with us today we've got children that are visiting with their fathers and
fathers that are visiting with their children, and we are certainly thrilled about all of you that are visiting with us today. And if you'd take just a moment to fill out a visitor's card, we would certainly appreciate it if you were given a bulletin as you came in this morning. There's a little card in there you can tear out and use. If not, there's some visitor's cards located in the back of the pews. If you'll take one, we'd like to just drop you a note in the mail this week and let you know how much we appreciate you being here today. But we do appreciate all of our visitors, and we do appreciate all of our fathers. Let's have all of our fathers stand, and, and let's give all of our fathers today a good hand. Happy Father's Day to all of our fathers. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Where would our mothers be without fathers? Can I get an amen? Happy Father's Day to all of them. I heard something, but I don't know quite what it was. But uh, happy Father's Day to all of you. You pray about your giving and be faithful in your giving. And, and I appreciate the way you've been giving and all the projects that's been going on and your giving and your generosity to it. And Lord willing, we're going to get started uh, here in a few days on the construction. They've been going through the permits and things like that. But I think we're getting close to getting all of those permits for the building. So uh, we're going to get started just quickly as possible, hopefully, maybe toward sometime toward this week or maybe the first of next week, like I say, when we get all the permits done and, and there's a lot more to getting started than just digging a hole, but we're looking forward to it. I appreciate all of your giving. Someone this morning gave me a check for $2,000 to put to our building program, and we praise the Lord for this and appreciate, again, everybody's generosity. Let's pray now and you give today. Father, we thank you for your love, your grace. We thank you, Lord, for our fathers. Bless this day. Make it a special day for each father and for the children. Bless the offering now. Thank you for the giving of your people and for the work we are able to do because of folk that love you and are willing to give and obey you in giving. Open our hearts to what you have for us in this service. In Jesus' name, amen.
of the valley let your sweet aroma fill my life rose of sharon show me how to grow in beauty in God's sight. Cherished up 10,000, make me a reflection of your life. shine down on me let your love shine through me in the night lead me Lord I'll follow anywhere you open I'll follow
take what's wrong and make it right. Make it right, my God. Hey, stars shine down on me. Let your love shine through me. Say 
you'd had enough. I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> this song is, uh, I sang it a lot on Father's Day, and uh, once I get myself situated, but uh, it talks about a man and his, and his little boy, and, uh, and, the, and the man saying, you know, I want to be just like you, because you want to be just like me. He's talking about he wants to be just like the Lord because, uh, you know, his little boys want to be just like him. Just listen to the words if I can get all the way through this. Just 
just like you Cause he wants to be like me Right now from where he stands I may seem mighty tall But it's only cause I'm learning From the best father of them all Lord I want to be just like you to be just like me I want to be a holy example for his innocent eyes to see just help me be a living Bible Lord that my little boy can read I want to be just like you cause he wants to be like me He wants to be like me. Amen. Let's open our Bibles to 1 Kings chapter 15. And that's exactly what I want to talk to you about this morning. I couldn't have picked out a song to fit any better than uh, the song that's just been sung this morning. This is Father's Day, and going back through my records, I realize that it's been a number of years since I've actually, on Father's Day, spoke to fathers. And I want to do that this morning. And in the fall, as I mentioned on Wednesday night, uh, we're going to begin focusing upon the family, and it's been two or three years, maybe a little longer, since we've really had a strong family emphasis, and we're going to be doing so in the fall. And uh, during the month of August, it's, we're going to be calling it Home Improvement Month, and I'll be dealing with the family every Sunday morning, and then a lot of other things we'll be having. In our Wednesday night classes, we're going to be having... Uh, program that we call Experiencing God as Couples. Many of you have gone through Experiencing God. They've developed a new program called Experiencing God as Couples. And uh, those classes will be on Wednesday night as well as other classes that focus upon the family to help us to build stronger families. But this morning I want to talk to you about being a father. I want you to stand as we honor the reading of His Word. And in 1 Kings chapter 15 there are two sons that I want us to look at today and two fathers. And I want us to learn from these two fathers and these two sons and I want us to think today about this thought, like father, like son. You've heard that phrase, like father, like son. Let me just point out two verses of scripture. There'll be other verses surrounding these that we'll look at as we move through the message. But notice verse 3. 1 Kings 15, 3. And notice this statement. And he, referring to Abijam, we'll say more about him in a moment. And he walked in all the sins of his father, which he had done before him, and his heart was not perfect with the Lord his God as the heart of David his father. Now David was not his physical father, but a spiritual father and whatever. 
But verse 3 said that Abijam walked in all the sins of his father. Skip over to verse 26. We meet another son by the name of Nadab. We'll learn more about Nadab in just a moment. But verse 26 said that he did evil in the sight of the Lord, and he walked in the way of his father, and in his sin, wherewith he made Israel to sin. Look at it again. Nadab, the Bible said that he did evil in the sight of the Lord, and he walked in the way of his father and in his sin. Thank you. you may be seated. Like father, like son. Let's pray. <clears throat> father, as we come to you this morning, we are mindful of your word that says that we would receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon us. Father, we realize today that if there is to be anything done in this service that will have eternal value and have eternal consequences, then it'll have to be the working of the Spirit of God in our hearts. And so I pray today for power, for that divine touch of God that makes what I do effective that divine working of the Spirit of God that takes the Word of God and makes it truth in our life to transform our lives. Father, I don't want just to give a word that would be as the letter, but I want to give a word that has life, and that is given life by the Spirit of God. So, Father, I pray this morning that as we talk about fathers and try to learn and glean from the examples of fathers that we have in this passage, I pray today that you'll speak to every dad, to every parent, to every person in this room. Give us a word today that will help us and we'll thank you and praise you because it is in Jesus' name we pray and ask these things, amen. I think about a story I read one time about a little four-year-old boy named Tommy. And Tommy got a puppy on his birthday. And he named his puppy Laddie. They became instant buddies. But unfortunately, the little puppy proved to be completely unmanageable. He refused to be housebroken. He disobeyed every order. And he was tearing up everything in the house, chewing on the furniture and everything like that. So the mother finally ran out of patience, and she gave the little dog away. Well, she was somewhat leery about breaking the news to Tommy, so she waited until he was having breakfast, and so she sat down at the breakfast table with him, and she softly said, I sent Laddie away, and you won't ever see him again. Well, to her surprise relief, Tommy said, No big deal, Mom. Don't worry about it. Finished his breakfast, got up, went outside, began to play. Well, in a few minutes, he came back in sobbing uncontrollably, almost hysterically, crying, Mama, Mama, Laddie's gone, Laddie's gone. I can't find my dog, Laddie's gone. And the mother said to him, Son, I told you at the breakfast table that Laddie was gone, and you seem fine. What's the problem? And it would not be a big deal. The rest of you get that in just a little while. But, <laughs> but I want to say this morning that daddies are a big deal. And as I look in the scripture and the verses I read to you just a moment ago, and as we'll look at it in just a moment, it reminds us that daddies, fathers, are a big deal. According to a study published in the Journal of Research and Crime and Delinquency, 
The best indicator of violent crime in a community, now listen to me carefully, the best indicator of violent crime in a community is not race, nor income, nor employment, but the proportion of fatherless families. Former U.S. Attorney General William Barr said basically the same thing. He said, if you look at one factor that most closely correlates with crime, it is not poverty, it is not employment, it is not education, it is the absence of the father in the family. If you don't think a father is a big deal, I want you to listen to some studies. Studies have found that fatherless children are anywhere from 100 to 200% more likely to have emotional and behavioral problems. A child who comes from a fatherless home is twice as likely to use drugs or alcohol, far more likely to become sexually active at an early age, and three times as likely, likely to commit a violent crime. Most runaways that leave homes are fatherless. Fatherless daughters are 53% more likely to marry as teenagers, 111% more likely to have children as teenagers, and 164% more likely to have out-of-wedlock births. Fatherless daughters who marry have a 92% higher divorce rate. Can I say it again? Fatherless daughters who marry have a 92% higher divorce rate. And fatherless sons are 35% more likely to experience marital failure. If you don't think fathers are a big deal, then realize that 80% of teenagers admitted to psychiatric hospitals come from fatherless homes. And they display more antisocial behavior. They're 50% more likely to have learning disabilities. Fatherless children do worse in school and are three times as likely to drop out as children who grow up in a home without a father. Only 11.6% of children living with both parents repeat a grade in school. But for children of never married mothers, the number is 29.7%. And for children living with a divorced mother, it is 21.5%. Now I say all that to say this, daddies are a big deal. Fathers are very, very important, and fathers are a big deal in the home. The scripture that I read to you a moment ago, you would read those scriptures and you may not associate those with Father De Father's Day, or you may not associate them with fathers, but they say a lot to me as a dad, and they say should say a lot to you as a dad. Look at the scriptures, and I want us to glean three simple little thoughts from the two verses of scripture that I read to you. The first thing that I think of as I read those two verses is the imitation of a father. The imitation of a father. In those two verses are two sons that are mentioned. And these two sons, when you look at them, they are like father, like son. And each of these two sons and in each of these two verses, you have a son that is being like his dad. You have a son that you might say is imitating his father. First, you see Abijam in verse 3. You see Abijam, and what does the Scripture say of Abijam? That he walked in all the sins of his father. Here is a son like his dad. He walked in all the sins of his father. Second of all, you not only see Abijam, but you see Nadab. Verse 26, what does it say of Nadab? That he did evil in the sight of the Lord, and he walked in the way of his father. Now, what you have is two sons. 
And the Bible says of these two sons that they walked in the ways of their father. And each of these two boys and each of these two sons, we see like father, like son. You see a son imitating his dad. Now, as you know, children are great imitators. Just this week, I was watching an episode of Andy Griffith. And I, listen, I could watch Andy Griffith over and over and over. In fact, I've got to be careful. I'll watch more Andy Griffith than read my Bible. Amen. I love Andy Griffith. Ernest T. Bass is my hero. Amen. <laughs> I want to be like Ernest T. Bass. Amen. But I was watching an episode of uh, Andy Griffith this week, and Andy and Opie had been out fishing, and they caught some fish, and they went in, and they fried the fish. And after eating the fish, Andy leans back against a log, puts his hands behind his head, crosses his legs, and then he lets out a sigh. And little old Opie's sitting there beside him, and little old Opie leans back against the log, puts his hands behind his head, crosses his feet just like his dad, and he lets out a sigh. And as I saw that, it reminded me that children often are good imitators. I think about a mother that had to get on her little boy and girl for fighting, and she got all of them for fighting, but they said, Mommy, Mommy, we were not fighting. We were just playing Mommy and Daddy. Can I get an amen right there? But children are good imitators. Here are two boys that are just like their fathers, like father, like son. I think of a poem that someone wrote entitled, Just Like His Dad. Well, what are you going to be, my boy, when you've reached manhood's year? A doctor, a lawyer, or actor great? Throngs moving to laughter and tears. But he shook his head as he gave reply in the serious way that he had. I don't think I'd care to be any of them. I want to be like my dad. Someone has said, till a boy is 15, he does what a father says. After that, he does what a father does. Just as Abijam and Nadab followed in the ways of their father and they imitated their father in his life, in their, his life, a child will often walk in the ways of their father. There is the imitation of a father. But that leads me to a second thought. I not only see the imitation of a father, but I see the influence of the father that is the result, that is due to the, or the imitation of the father is due to the influence of a father. As you look at these scriptures, you not only see two boys imitating their father, but you see they're imitating their father because of the influence that a father has on a child. Again, verse 3 said, notice carefully, verse 3, that Abijam walked in all the sins of his father. You see that? Again, here is a boy doing what his father does, but he's doing what, he, doing what his father did, but he's doing that because that's, the influence that his father had upon him. He walked in all the sins of his father. Look at verse 26 again. The Bible said that Nadab walked in the way of his father. It is very obvious the influence that each father had over their son. Here's a boy being like his dad, but he is influenced by his dad and how his dad had lived. Again, verse 3 said, Abijam walked in all the sins of his father. When you look at Abijam, there was a moral vacuum in his life. And the reason there was a moral vacuum in his life was because there was a moral vacuum in the life of his father. Verse 3 also said that his heart was not perfect with the Lord his God. There was not only a moral vacuum in his life, but there was a spiritual vacuum in his life. And the reason there was a spiritual vacuum in his life was because there was a spiritual vacuum in the life of his father. Abijam had a moral vacuum because his dad had a moral vacuum. 
Abijam had a spiritual vacuum because his dad had a spiritual vacuum. You look in verse 26. The Bible said to Nadab that he did evil in the sight of the Lord and walked in the way of, the, of his father and in his sin. Again, it is like father, like son. Two sons influenced by their fathers. The New York Times carried an article that gave the findings of a psychiatrist after a four-year study of Long Island delinquents. And he carried the caption, Delinquent boys from well-to-do homes say fathers set double standards. And the conclusion of the article was this. The affluent teenage boy who steals hubcaps, who crashes house parties and drinks too much is very likely to have learned delinquency at his father's knee. What is that article saying in a nutshell? It is saying that a child usually turns out or usually becomes whatever his dad is. That it's like father, like son. I think of a passage in the Scripture. In fact, it's one of the Ten Commandments, the second of the commandments. And there's an interesting statement that is made there, an often misunderstood statement. But in that commandment there, the second commandment was, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. And following up with that commandment was this admonition, Thou shalt not bow thyself to them, down thyself to them, nor serve them, for I, the Lord, thy God, am a jealous God. Now here's a statement. Visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generations of them that hate me. Now when you read that statement where God said, Visiting the iniquity of the father, fathers upon the third and the fourth generation, you would almost read that and get the idea that my grandchildren and my great-grandchildren will have to pay for my sins. That if I were to do something wrong, something that would displease God, that God is not only going to punish me, but He's going to punish my children, my grandchildren, and my great-grandchildren for my sin. You'd read that, and that's almost the impression you get. But that's not what God is saying. I want you to understand something. When it comes to being dealt with concerning sin by God, God deals with you and you alone about your sin. And He doesn't deal with you about somebody else's sin. But what God was saying in that statement is that our children usually become the same thing we are. That here is a father now that has has accepted idolatry in his life. He has not worshipped the true and the living God. He's left God out of his life. And he's had false gods in his life. And God has to deal with him about the idolatry. But because this dad has been a worshiper of idolatry, then the chances are his child would be a worshiper of idolatry. And because that child is going to be a worshiper of idolatry, then his children will be a worshiper of idolatry. And when God talked about visiting the iniquity of the fathers, he was, what he's saying is that usually whatever the father does, it will sometimes surface in the children and come out in the other children and children. And each generation will bear the consequences of their sin. That's what God is saying. What he's simply saying is that like father, like son. Someone has written their little eyes upon you and they're watching night and day. And their little ears that quickly take in every word you say. Their little hands all eager to do everything you do. And a little boy who's dreaming of the day, he'll be like you. You're the little fellow's idol. You're the wisest of the wise. In his little mind about you, no suspicions ever rise. He believes in you devoutly. He holds all that you say and do. He will say and do in your way when he's grown up just like you. 
There's a wise-eyed little fella who believes you're always right and his ears are always open and he watches day and night. You are setting an example every day in all you do for the little boy who's waiting to grow up to be just like you. The simple truth is, it's not always the case because every individual is an individual of their own choices. And every child is going to make their own decision one day what to do. But, it's, but on average, most likely... What you are is what your children are going to become because our children are influenced by how the father lives. One psychologist suggested that a father can better understand, listen to this, that a father can better understand his teenage boy or girl if he asks himself this question. What is it, what is there about me which my child is copying? Again, you can better understand your teenage daughter and your teenage son by asking the question, what is it, what is there about me that my child is copying? There's the influence of a father. Understand that. Here are two boys that walked in the ways of their father. They imitated their father because of the influence of their father. That leads me to the third and the most obvious thing, the importance of a father. Understanding that our children are influenced by how we live, that it only stands the reason that a father is a big deal. And it only stands the reason that fathers are very, very, very important. Would I not get an amen? Could I not get an amen from the dads today? Dads are a big deal. Because our children often imitate us, and they, are Im they imitate us because of our influence over them. Therefore, dads are a big deal. Now let me sum it all up today by just saying two things. Number one, because dads are a big deal, then it's important to be a good example as a father. It is important to be a good example as a father. I read a story about one Saturday night, a pair of young people were seriously injured in an automobile accident. And at the hospital, the father learned that both of them had been drinking. A bottle was found in the car. And on the way home, the dad raged, if I could find the person who sold those kids that whiskey, I'd kill them. And when he got home, he went to his cabinet where he kept his liquor, and he found inside a note in his daughter's handwriting that said, Dear Dad, we hope you won't mind us taking your whiskey tonight. Can I say this today? We talk about our children. And we talk about what we don't want our children to do. And we talk about what we want our children to do. Can I put it this way? If you don't want your children to drink, don't drink. If you don't want your children to cuss, don't cuss. If you don't want your children to be crooked, be honest. If you don't want your children to lie, then tell the truth. Because if they do the same thing you do, don't blame them. You taught them. One father put it this way, A careful man I want to be, a little fella follows me. I dare not, I do not dare to go astray for fear he'll go the self-same way. I cannot once escape his eyes. Whatever he sees me do, he tries. Like me, he says he's going to be that little chap that follows me. He thinks that I am good and fine, believes in every word of mine. The bad in me he must not see. My life to him must an example be. 
I must remember as I go through summer sun and winter snow, I am building for the years to be for that little chap that follows me. It's important to be a good example because dads are so critical and because dads are a big deal then it's very very important that you be a good role model and you be a good model and a good example is a dad for what you are is very likely what you'll see in your children second of all jot this down because dads are a big deal it's important that you be a good example but may i say second of all because dads are a big deal it's important that you be a godly example I want you to think with me about something, and I think this is one of the last things we think about as a father. But I want you to think with me for just a moment. I think one of the things that we fail to realize as a father is that our children, one of these days, are going to spend eternity in either heaven or hell. Now you think about it. Our children, that child that is your own flesh and blood, was not only born of your seed and not only is your child of your own flesh and blood, but that child possess a soul and a spirit. It is a creation of God as well as yours. And that child somewhere will spend eternity in either heaven or hell. And as a father, we may have a whole lot to do with which one. You see, this matter of being a dad is a big deal because children follow us and they imitate us. We are the influence in their life and they most likely, more likely, will turn out to be what we are. And when we consider the fact that my child will, go, will spend eternity in either heaven or hell, that it makes me a big deal. And a research done by the Christian, Christian Businessmen's Committee, they found this, and I want you to listen to this carefully. They found that when a father is an active believer, there is about a 75% likelihood that the children will be active believers. Can I say it again? They found that when a father is an active believer, there is a 75% chance or likelihood that the children will be active believers. But they also found that if only the mother is an active believer, the likelihood is dramatically reduced to 15%. In other words, can I say it again? Fathers are a big deal. Because when it comes to the spiritual part of your child and the religious part of your child, the difference from 75 to 15% is a big difference. Studies have found that if both parents worship, on a regular basis while you were growing up, there's an 80% likelihood that you'll worship God on a regular basis as you grow up. But they found if only your mother worshiped on a regular basis with you, there's only a 30% probability that you'll worship on a regular basis as an adult. But if only your father worshiped with you on a regular basis, the likelihood that you'll worship on a regular basis as an adult increases to 70%. What I'm saying is that when it comes to this matter of children and their spiritual, the spiritual part of their life, apart from Jesus Christ and God himself, nobody makes a bigger impact than dad. And I think that's because that's the way God designed it to be. In the spiritual priest, you are the head. In other words, if dad doesn't go to church, there's a good chance the children won't go to church. And if dad won't go to church on a regular basis, there's a good chance the children won't go to church on a regular basis. 
If dad won't go to church on Sunday night, there's a good chance the children won't go on Sunday night. And if dad won't go on Wednesday night, there's a good chance the children won't go on Wednesday night because they saw in dad and they said, well, it's not what important to dad. It must not be that important, so I'm not going to go. If a dad does not take seriously the things of God, there is a good chance your children will not take seriously the things of God. Listen to this poem. I, I want you to listen to this. I, this. This spoke to my heart. It's a poem entitled, Daddy Had a Little Boy. Daddy had a little boy. His soul was as white as snow. He never went to Sunday school because Daddy wouldn't go. He never heard the Word of God that thrills the childish mind. While other children went to class, this child was left behind. As he grew from babe to youth, Dad saw to his dismay a soul that once was snowy white became a dingy gray. Realizing that his son was lost, Dad tried to win him back. But now that soul that once was white had turned an ugly black. Dad even started back to church and Bible study too. He begged the preacher, is there anything you can do? The preacher tried failed and said we're just too far behind I tried to tell you years ago but you wouldn't pay me no mind and so another soul was lost that once was white as snow Sunday school would have helped but daddy wouldn't go are you listening to me here's two boys Abijam and Nadab and they walked in the ways of their father they walked in the ways of their dad like father, like son. The influence of that dad over those two boys was great. One day they became just like their dad. They lived just like their dad. They thought just like their dad. They acted just like their dad. They behaved just like their dad. They left God just like their dad. See, I'm saying to you this morning that dads are a big deal. They're a big deal. And because of, dads are such a big deal, then it's very, very important that we be a good example. It's very, very important that we be a godly example. Now, no dad is perfect. No dad is perfect. There's not a father in this room that is perfect. We all are imperfect fathers, and we all make mistakes. You know, the tragedy about learning how to rear children is about the time your children are gone, then you kind of get an idea of how to do it. You know what I'm talking about. Some of you do. Some, I, know that, I, know, I know there's some in here this morning who got all the answers. Amen. You got all the answers. You know how to raise children. You're two-month-old. You know all about it. I'm not talking about Terry over here. That's not what I mean. He's going to say, Daddy's talking about me. Kind of like the fella that uh, before he had any children, he wrote a book on 10 ways to rear a good child. His first child came along and and after a few years, he changed the title, 10 Suggestions How to Rear a Good Child. And then when the child became a teenager, he discontinued writing altogether. This is about the way it is. About the time that we get our children grown, then we kind of begin to get an ideal how to do it. And then something drastic happens. When you become a grandfather, you go in reverse again. And the very things you wouldn't let your child do now, you encourage in your grandchildren. Have you ever noticed that? I remember one day at the house, books have been a part of my life, and I remember one day, and kids all knew that they didn't touch dad's books. They knew that was, that was the unpardonable sin. But here come Tyler, and he had one of my books, 
and he was chewing on the corner. And I remember Timmy said, oh, Tyler, put that book down. Papa will kill you. And I found myself saying, son, leave him alone. Let him gnaw on that book if he wants to. <laughs> and he said to me, Dad, you would have slapped me if I chewed on one of your books. But about the time we get our kids grown, then we get an idea how to do it. But we're all, we all make mistakes. And we all look back and we realize, I could have done this better and I could have done that better and whatever. But I'm telling you, when it, when overall, looking at it all, what a child needs out of every dad is not a perfect dad because that is a standard we can never reach, but a good example and a godly example. Now, I want to ask you dads two questions this morning. Are you with me now? First of all, what do you want your children what do you want your children to turn out to be? What are your dreams for your children? And I know that somewhere they must make their own choices, but what do you want to see in your children? Second of all, what kind of example are you setting for your children? What kind of example are you? What kind of... Have they seen... Take a godly example. Have they seen somebody that has been faithful to God. I'm not talking about just going to church. Those parents in this room know just taking your children to church is not the answer. That you can take your children to church all the time. And what happens many times, parents, they carry their children in the church and, and they won't do anything at home, so they take them to church and say, hey, do, make something out of my children. They take them over to the schools, make something out of my children. And then if they turn wrong, they blame the church and they blame the schools and they blame everything else. But I want you to understand something. It starts at home. And if you don't give us anything at home, we ain't got anything to work with over here. Starts with dad. But I'm talking about just being a godly example. I mean, your children know whether or not you really love God. And your children know whether or not you really walk with God. Your children know. If anybody knows what you really are, your children do. They see through all the mass. They see through it all. They know whether you're genuine or not. So I'm asking you today, what kind example are you setting for your children? You see, it's very important that you be a good example. It's very important that you be a godly example because dads are a big deal. I stand their feet. Our heads about our eyes are closed. This matter of being a parent and of being a dad, it starts, number one, with your relationship to Jesus Christ. I, I found out a long time ago that, that when it come to being what I needed to be, I fell far short. But I found that Christ was the difference. And I found that Christ was my sufficiency for my insufficiency. Being a good dad or being a good mom or just having a good home, it all starts with your relationship to Jesus Christ. And so I want to ask you today, every one of you across this building, especially dads, do you know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior? Do you know without any question, without any doubt, that you're a child of God? Do you know you're saved? If you do, would you lift your hand as a public testimony? Yes, there was a time in my life when I accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as my Savior. I know that I am saved. I know that Christ lives in my heart. Thank you. you. may put your hands down. There may be those across the building that don't know that. In a moment, we're going to begin to sing. And I want you to come, especially you dads. I want you to come today and realize that if you're going to be the dad that your child needs and you are a big deal to that child, then it starts 
with your relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, you can be a good example, and you ought to be. But if you want to be a godly example, then you've got to have Jesus Christ in your life. Because you cannot be a Christian without knowing the Christ that makes you a Christian. So you need Christ. And when we sing in the moment, I want you to get up out of your seat and walk down here. There'll be folks here with their Bibles and they'll meet you. And I want you to leave today knowing that Jesus Christ lives in your heart. And if he lives in your heart, then he can live in your home. But I want you to come. And then here's my challenge to dads all across the building. I want you to come today and I want you... And uh, maybe the Spirit of God convicted you about something, maybe spoke to you about something, or maybe not. Maybe you agreed with everything, maybe you didn't agree with everything. But I want you to do something when, we give, when I give the invitation. I want you to get out of your seat and come, just because you're a dad. And I want you to come and say, Dear God, I am a big deal to my child. I am important to my child. I am critical to my child. I, as his dad... I am the most important person apart from you in the life of my child. Dear God, I am a big deal to my boy, to my daughter. Dear God, because I am a big deal, God help me to be a good example. God help me to be a godly example. In fact, Darren, can you get that song ready again? Can you be getting ready and let's do that song? He sung it a moment ago. I want to be like you, Lord. Because he wants to be like me. Darren's going to get ready and I'm going to have him sing that song in just a moment. And when he sings, I want you, I want you as dads to come. And I want you to walk down here. And I want you to talk to God. I want you to make this altar, this service this morning a big deal. Because you are a big deal to your child. I want you to make your prayer to God a big deal with God. Because you're a big deal to your, to your child. Like Father, like Son. Our Father this morning in Jesus' name. And so, Dad, I don't have all the answers. And there's no dad in this room that has all the answers. But, Father, we do know this, that as a dad, I am very, very important to my children. And as a dad, a father in this room, we are a big deal to our child. So many studies bear that out of the difference, the huge difference of the influence of a father in a child's life. Thank God for godly mothers and mothers that have bore the test and many of them have had to bear their children alone and they've done a wonderful job and we thank God for those. But Father, the dad is very, very important. God help us to be good examples. Help us to be godly examples. Deal with all of our dads today on this Father's Day. And may we leave today and may, there be, may we all be better dads because God, you spoke to us today and because you dealt with our hearts today. Father, if there are people in this room today that you're leading to become a part of our church and fellowship, let them come today. God, send and supply all that we need to do the work that you've called us to do. But Lord, let them come. There are people here unsaved, let them come. There are people here away from God, let them come. Lord, I pray today the homes will be dedicated back to you for the sake of their children. I pray today, speak to us now, and we'll thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.